here we go. The Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. I am Eddie Cohn, host, creator of the show. Welcome. Great to have you today. Pretty quick episode. I'm not sure if this episode's going to be released before or after my discussion with Matt Belinsky, but either way, you either just listen to an insightful discussion I had with Matt or you're about to listen to a discussion in the next couple of days with Matt Belinsky. So that podcast should be live very soon. Record is done. Should be in the world on Bandcamp, eddiecone.bandcamp.com in the next week or two. Or wait for it to hit Spotify and iTunes sometime in October. But I'm thrilled that you're here today listening. Pretty quick episode, as I said. A few things that I am thinking about. I am thinking about the podcast, not the podcast, the documentary Val about Val Kilmer. I'm going to touch on that in a bit. I sort of became intrigued, and I've been asking myself ever since I read the book Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Portman, where did our fascination come from uh, in regards to actors? You know, why is our culture so obsessed with what actors do and think? So I'm going to touch on that a bit later on. But I do want to talk about first experiences. And, and when does the experience become so clouded up by different distractions that the experience is no longer just the experience. I was riding my bike a couple days ago. I go on these long bike rides to Hermosa Beach and back. Um, and we did a little pit stop. We made a pit stop at the, at the stairs, the Santa Monica stairs, obviously in Santa Monica. It's, it's sort of this outdoor long staircase near the, um, the channel. I think it's Chautauqua. It's down 7th Street. So a lot of people um, use this, this staircase for exercising. And it was closed for, gosh, maybe like eight, nine months during the pandemic. And, and it's, it's recently reopened in the last month or two. And so we go on this bike ride and we make a little pit stop at the stairs because I want to go up and down a couple times. I broke my ankle in December. And while my ankle's mostly healed, I'm still trying to go up and down the staircase because I can tell just the the pressure of, of going down the staircase still, my ankle still feels like it could sort of give out a little bit. So it still, it still needs to strengthen. So going up and down the staircase, and I'd say there's a total of 30 to 40 people at any point along this, this huge staircase. And I can't help but notice, and, and I, I don't like exercising very, especially, I don't like exercising outdoors with any sort of distractions, be it my phone, be it music, indoors at the gym to sort of cloud out the, the distractions of people around me. I often have music playing, but I couldn't help but notice everybody had earbuds in going up and down the stairs. But then I also noticed probably 50% are holding their phone and looking down at their phone while they're going up and down the stairs exercising. So I ask myself, 
And I had this same issue when we were in New York City, maybe a year, actually, no, it was probably two years ago now, at the gym, all over the sidewalks, everybody has their earbuds in or staring down their phone, people walking into each other. I see people walking into telephone poles. So I asked myself, when does the experience of exercise, when is it no longer, when, when are the benefits usurped by the distractions? You know, I, I can certainly see why people having music playing while one is exercising, that can certainly enhance the experience. Music has this wonderful way of enhancing the emotionality of an experience. But when does it get to a point where the experience is overcome by the distraction? Because I'd like to think that the, the benefits of exercise, uh, the benefits of exercising, uh, you, you get the physical benefit, but you also get the emotional, me- mental benefit. But I argue <laughs> pretty steadfastly here that I don't believe the mental benefit from exercise happens when you're staring down at your phone? Is it possible to fully become that experience of exercise if you're constantly distracted by texts, holding the phone, looking at whatever you're looking at? Is Is it possible that experience of exercise can be fully realized with the phone in your hand? And I, I don't think so. I, I think I, I sort of am um, shocked at how many people I see exercising, going to the stairs, holding the phone. Because I, I do believe we live in a world now where we need quiet time more than ever. We need time to listen to our own thoughts. It, it's why I think so many people are manipulated or easily manipulated into thinking what the media wants you to think, or thinking what your friends want you to think, um, because people don't sit with their own ideas, their own thoughts. I mean, the shower is the perfect place where I allow my brain to just like run wild. My mind just runs wild with different melodies, thoughts, uh, maybe mantras for the day. Uh, Riding my bike for the three hours yesterday, I, I love to not have the distraction of my phone. The funny part was, is about two weeks ago, I rode my bike to this sort of this hill area where there's a bunch of hills close to where we live. And I brought my phone with me because I was by myself. And I had music playing on the phone while I was riding. And I could tell it it instantly changed the experience. I, I could tell I was not fully enveloped by the experience of the bike ride. And I actually felt it was pretty stupid of me to have my uh, have the music playing. I, I turned it off when I was sort of on some of these busier streets because I feel like you have to be so careful. The, sen- the That sense of hearing, you need to be able to listen to your surroundings. And even when I was, when I did turn the music back on and I'm going up these really steep hills, I did feel like I wasn't as connected with my breathing or my body. I felt like I was kind of there, but also distracted by the sounds of of the music. And I really, I I, I ask you, and I, I ask myself this, and what's so troubling to me 
about the way content is being made on Netflix and Hulu. You know, they're not making shows that have 10 episodes. They have six episodes because they know that people uh, can't, it's harder for people to stay with a full 10 season. So instead of creating better content, they're, they're creating less. So, so I ask you, are you even aware of when your experience, whether it's eating dinner, having a conversation, is it just the experience or do you keep adding layers to it? Do you feel as though you need the phone with you while you're having dinner? Do you feel like you need your phone while you're exercising? Can you just fully engage in the one experience at hand? And I, and I often, you know, I used to teach a lot of yoga. I'm not teaching as much now because of my ankle. A lot of my criticisms for yoga teachers, lots of music playing. I don't care if the music is playing, but if it's like rock music playing, is it really enhancing the experience of yoga? Last night, I went to Pizzeria Moza for dinner. Loud rock music is playing. And, and I'm not some 90-year-old here. I, I, I love rock music, but... You know, music can enhance the, any experience, but it can also detract. And, and I think we need to be so careful as to what we are adding to our individual experiences. I, I can't imagine sometimes, you know, it's like driving, my last example. I understand listening to music. Music can enhance the driving experience. Listening to a podcast can be really relaxing on a long road trip. I certainly listen to podcasts while I'm driving. But at what point do we keep adding other diversions, other distractions, other sensory items that ultimately start to detract from the initial experience? And I think um, I, I've, I've certainly given the driving industry, the auto industry, a lot of backlash because they are getting caught up in this technology craze. They keep adding apps, bigger screens. At what point is somebody going to tell the auto industry, you know, keep adding safety features, but I would maybe pull back or hold off on this incessant, this, this, this incessant desire to keep adding more sort of technological devices to our cars. I, I don't know if it's, it's potentially getting to a point where it's detracting in a very dangerous way the driving experience. talk about, again, I, I'm just intrigued and curious, you know, who decides or what decides who or what we should pay attention to? Who should we be lionizing? Who do we look up to? And I really suggest reading Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Portman. Came out in the 80s. It talks about the destruction created by the television. And I would also connect our sort of fascination with the television. It, it really has created a world where we constantly need to be stimulated and or entertained. And so I was 
my friend suggested watching the Val Kilmer documentary called Val. I, I think reading that book made me aware of the, manipul- the manipulative tools the media uses to, to get you to feel something, to get you to think a particular way. And again, I, I'm not trying to say that the world has nefarious attentions at its heart. But when money is the driving force, I think truth and true to, truth to one's feelings is no longer um, held up on a pedestal. It's more about getting people to feel and think a particular way. And then we start to, and, and then what are the effects of that? And then we start to lionize particular people. And I question why. And so I'm watching Val, and on the one hand, I certainly feel like it's well done. It certainly pulls at your heartstrings. His son narrates it. Val Kilmer has throat cancer. And so this is, he put this together after um, his bout with, with dealing with throat cancer. And, and on the one hand, it's quite sad and beautifully done, but I couldn't help but think about something. I almost felt like Val's behavior sort of foreshadows our society's obsession with filming every minute detail of our lives. From a very young age, clearly Val um, has an obsession and a love for, for film and art and theater. And so he's literally... And this is way before the phone, obviously. He's bringing his camera with him everywhere he goes. And I ask myself, do actors like to act for the craft of acting or is it because they love the attention? Because there's a couple powerful scenes where Val is working with the director and, and the director and he are involved in a tiff and the director's asking him to turn off his camera and Val refuses to and, and gives this incredibly ego, egomaniacal excuse as to why he needs to leave the camera on. And there's also this powerful scene where he's fighting with either his ex-wife or a lawyer over child custody, and he has the camera on, filming this, I would think, personal discussion that he's having, either with his wife or his lawyer. And it's sort of like, I don't know. I, I found myself thinking about privacy. It, at what point does one turn off the phone or turn off the camera because this moment is too personal, that it's not, I'm not allowing this to be shared. And I also started to think about, like Val Kilmer's, you know, a pretty good actor, I guess. I mean, I know he went to Juilliard, but, but why are we lionizing him? Because I also watched the Robin Williams um, documentary a few weeks ago, and I, I can understand the adoration of, of Robin Williams. I mean, here's a guy who can act, who can write. He's doing stand-up comedy. He's sort of this renaissance man. But the actor's world, it's, it's really, it's the writer's medium. It's the director's medium. The actors are merely a part of the of the movie, of the play. Unless, of course, you know, they wrote it, they directed it, and they're also acting in it. But it's it's interesting, like we should be 
more intrigued and interested in the director, the writer. But I think because a lot of times actors are good looking, they love being in front of the camera. The media, of course, loves to lionize them and talk about them. It's sort of, I almost feel like tricked people into paying too much attention to the actor and less attention to the director or the writer. And I don't know, I just really found myself turned off by our society's obsession with actors. Why do we care so much what they do? Why, why is that such a talent that should be uh, held up, to, that, that should be held up and, and highly regarded? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And as I was watching Val and his obsession with holding the, the camera and taking video of every uh, little detail of his life, I guess the movie felt like a manipulative, desperate attempt to get people to feel sorry for him or respect his life. And, and maybe we all struggle with that. You know, what is the legacy that we are going to leave? Will people respect us or are we all pretty forgettable? You know, can we all easily be replaced? And, and, you know, maybe, again, I'm not in his shoes. I'm sure he felt very close to death. He had a very scary uh, and exceedingly difficult time, I'm sure, with chemo and dealing with cancer. He can barely talk. I, I, I'm Look, I, I'm trying to be sensitive here to this idea of coming close to death and we all want to be respected. Um it's, I, I certainly have my anxieties around death and if my life is worthy, if anybody even cares what I'm doing or if I'm going to leave this earth and, and I'm just easily replaced, easily forgotten. Are we all easily forgotten? Um, but then I also started to think, gosh, you know, where is our culture's obsession with actors coming from? Who, who sort of created that world? And, and I guess I get a little frustrated because I think with the pandemic, for me, it certainly prioritized what's important. You know, who's really most important in our lives? Who's really shaping the culture? And I want to believe that um, positive, helpful people like teachers, good politicians, good physicians are leading the world and controlling the world and trying to do good. But it, it just, I'm sorry, it's just really hard for me to let go of this idea that people with evil intentions are trying to pull the strings and tighten the screws and lead the world a particular way and, and drawing our attention away from the good people in the world as we're being led down these more dystopian paths. So it's just something for you to think about that I certainly thought about the last week, just our, our culture's obsession with certain people, specifically actors. And then I also thought about just this idea of experiences. At what point is the experience, you know, becoming, is, is, is less of a, an experience. It's being, it's detracted. It's, it's subtracted because of all these sort of additional stimuli that we're adding to the initial experience. And that goes to this idea of multitasking. I mean, multitasking 
is highly revered these days. But but is it actually just, you know, a bunch of activities and we're not really doing any of them particularly very well? So I'm going to leave you with that. Pretty quick podcast today. You know where to find me on Instagram, at the Spiritual Spiral Podcast, or at Eddie Cohn. Uh, on Twitter, at Eddie Cohn. New music slowly coming out. You can find me on iTunes, Spotify, or Bandcamp. Website is I am Eddie, uh, website's IamEddieCone.com. Please share the show with your friends. Head over to iTunes and write a review. That stuff is really helpful. And that is it. As always, thank you so much to you for listening, supporting, being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.